Hello, everyone. This is J. Daniel Sawyer. I do not have an episode for you this week, unfortunately. A number of our cast members will be joining me at World Fantasy Con in a couple of hours here. And in the excitement and uh, mad race to prepare, not all of us, uh, including me, have been able to record all our audio. Next week, though, we will hopefully be back to schedule. And uh, meantime, I'm plugging away in my scant free moments on free will to make sure that your winter isn't boring. And to keep you entertained this week, I give you the third and final episode of the Down From Ten Launchcast, which may just make a simultaneous appearance, well, let's say a mirror appearance on the Reprobates Hour feed later this month, because in this episode... We calm down a bit and answer some serious questions about the future of publishing, the nature of fiction podcasting, and what our individual ambitions in the writing sphere are. So hopefully you will enjoy it and get a few good chuckles, and I will see you next week. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say... Those of you who are in the Bay Area this weekend, please check out our pub crawl. Philippa Ballantyne, Chris Lester, Miss Callender, and myself are teaming up with Gail Carriger and maybe, maybe Scott Sigler to do a meet and greet and pub crawl at Katie Bloom's Irish Pub in Campbell, California. There's been a lot of demand from there, and so we wanted to do one in your backyard. So please come join us. It should be a fun evening. 7.30 p.m., Katie Bloom's Irish Pub in Campbell, California. You can find a link to the eventful listing on the blog at www.jdsawyer.net. And the final bit of news, the free will promo is live, as is the new artwork. You can find both at antithesis.jdsawyer.net. Oh, yeah. Okay, to the chat. I dropped in here indiscriminately. No clue. Someone's written a sci-fi novel. Oh, boy. Yes, okay, uh, John, we'll bring you, let me, let's bring you up. To, well, actually, John Carter of Mars. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I, yeah. Was, I was like, is that guy, is that really his name? Um, okay, John, let, let me bring you up to speed. Well, first off, I'm T. Morris. The guy passed out on the couch, which you can't see, is Chris Lester. Really? And, um, and uh, right here is the host of uh, Down From Ten. Uh, this is uh, this is Jay Daniel Sawyer. J- Jay Dammit Sawyer. Um, <laughs> so so, and, and behind and yeah. behind him is uh, Kitty. This Kitty, uh, one of the other voices. Uh, so tell me, John, do you listen to podcasts? Now, as you uh, as you um, gives or, or compose your answer, I'll go ahead and continue. A lot of us <laughs> have our stuff available as podcasts at a site called Podio Books. Dot com and oh he listens on a regular okay, basis cool. okay so yeah um, we so you you may know you may know my book predestination and other games of chance it uh, is also known as antithesis that um, I wrapped about a month and a half ago and in the interim between that one and its sequel free will and other compulsions which are uh, spy thrillers in space I'm podcasting a book called down from ten which is a Cool. Pertinent Pertinent to my interest. Okay, good. Down from 10 is a country house murder mystery comedy with uh, sci-fi horror and sex farce elements all stewed in. Uh, Now, along with all of us here in the studio, we also have live from Wellington, New Zealand, Philippa Ballantyne. Hey, Pip, talk a little bit about your recent Sir Julius Vogel award-winning podcast, please. Yes, please. Uh, Chasing the Bard. Thanks, that's enough. Okay, so here we go. Uh, (laughs) Um, let's go back. Um, well, okay. So hold on a minute. Let's, well, before we get to that, well, tell me what it's really about. Let's go back to Pip. Come on, Pip. Uh, chasing the Bard. Um, this time I really will shut up. 
it's Shakespeare and his own Midsummer Nightmare, so it's got uh, malicious fairies and Renaissance England and Key Morris. And me, and uh, um, and then and then of course I do I do fantasy novels as well. And uh, Chris's uh, Metamorph City is uh, uh, sort of Blade Runner meets the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Blade Runner meets the Wizard of Oz. That's that's a good one. I kind of like that. But going back to Down from oh Ten. Oh my goodness, he is still conscious. Um, <laughs> yeah, Down from Ten takes place over the course of ten days at an annual artist's retreat. Eight very. Uh, eccentric bohemian artists in a mountain cabin for 10 days get snowed in by an avalanche and uh, attempt to fight off cabin fever while they all start having the same dreams. Uh, so, John, you've got chasingthebard.com, jdsawyer.net, not jdaniel, but jdsawyer.net. Uh, I have tmorris.com, and there's always uh, patiobooks.com, over the exception of uh, Dan... But he's coming there soon. Yes. You'll find all this stuff there as well. Oh, yeah. Chris is at metamorecity.com. Yeah, metamorecity.com as well. Blade Runner versus Wizard of Oz is a great concept on your way to a film. Uh, is, is, uh, is he on his way to a film option? Uh, you know, Lester, I, I, I don't see Metamore City becoming a film. I see it more coming as a TV show. Yeah, if it um, ever got picked up, that would definitely be more of a TV show. Yeah, a high concept. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it really is. It's a it's it's a fun. Uh, it, it's a, it, <laughs> yes, it does. It, it might need to settle, but as a TV series, it would be awesome. As far as the rest of us, Pip is still trying to. You know, she's in Wellington, so uh, we're trying to uh, we're, we're trying to see if Weta can get involved. Pip, have you have you called Peter Jackson to the to the town meeting yet? <laughs> He's not answering my calls. I mean, you know. You have to go out and get I've him not, drunk. I've, yeah, I've knocked on his door several times, but, you know. Just well, you, know the you, you do have the same name as his wife, so you might be able to smuggle yourself in. And I told you, the, the boiling bunny rabbit in the, in the pot, probably not a good move. <laughs> my, Mike Rook oh, says that, uh, that Metamore <laughs> City would need to be on HBO or Showtime rather than Primetime, and that's true. It's actually true agree. of all of our books. Um, we all do uh, very adult-oriented work. Um, Down from Ten was originally it means we have six. Yes, getting quite a lot of it in Down, the books. In, in the, the books. books. Yeah. Yeah. Down from Ten was originally written as a miniseries for Canadian television, and the production company's notes were make it as controversial as possible. So um, I made it controversial with the sex. I made it controversial with the. Um, religious and philosophical content. I made it controversial with the plot twists. I just put controversy all over and loaded it to the gills. Um, and times. I've still got the screenplay, and I'm still trying to sell the screenplay as a film. <laughs> now, Adam, uh, Pip, yes, Pip could um, contact Peter Jackson with the naked Vaseline scene, but that's for Dan's book, <laughs> yeah. not her books. Uh, <laughs> that's true. It's not a bad idea, though. No, no, not a bad idea at all. But uh, if I get this stuff. But yeah, that's what you've walked in on, John. So uh, you know, and, <laughs> and if we we sound like uh, if we sound like we all know each other, it's because we do. Yes, T T Morris is the crazy fucker who pulled us all into this in one way or another. Jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> really? I'm sorry, everyone. I'm <laughs> sorry, true. everyone. He, well, you know, Scott Sigler also ganged up on me, but it was and Mark Jeffrey. I mean, the, the, basically the whole the whole potty book movement started. But, but I mean, per, personally, you were well, personally, yeah, 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 you, yeah, you, yeah. You personally recruited Pip. Um, Chris decided he wanted to do this by listening to Bill about battings and talking to you, and. I heard Billabub Battings before I even listened to Sigler stuff, even though I, even though I heard about Sigler first. 
Uh, this may be after recording talk, but did you compromise your writing for for uh, for for cash? Uh, okay. What well, cash? Yeah. Well, 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 actually, now here's the funny thing about about the whole money issue. You know, giving away our giving away our stuff on audio for free. That, that's a, that's a question we get a lot, John. Now, um, of the the, uh, the 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 authors here, Pip and I are the only ones who are uh, are podcasting stuff that we already have published. Right, and I my 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 writing for money at this point uh, is limited to magazine articles. There's a, uh, a CV on my site. I publish regularly for Linux Journal and other tech publications. But the interesting thing is that uh, the the two books that I podcast, Moravi and the Case of the Singing Sword of Bilbo Batting's Mystery, um, they're both with and and Pip's book Chasing the Bard. Uh, we're all with a um, an independent publisher called Dragon Moon Press. And what what uh, so it's a small Canadian publisher. We don't have the same coverage as say Tor or Bain or Ace right. Books. Um, although Pip so got to do more legwork. Yeah, although Pip will have the coverage of Ace Books right. in, in 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 a while because she just got to deal with Ace Books. Yeah, but as far as uh, the independent publisher, what what she did, she gave us permission to podcast our novels. Now Moravi is uh, seven years old uh, and. Um, uh, the case of the singing sword is five years old. They're selling better now than they did when they were first released. Uh, did you feel the? Do you feel there's a new thing going on over and up paperback publishing? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was getting to. Uh, the books. These books are selling now better than they did when they first came out in print, and a lot of that has to do with the fact. Um, and they're also available. Chasing the Bard and what uh, Billy Two are both available as, well, I, well, well, as iPhone magic. apps. Yeah. Oh no, Chasing the Bard and Singing Sword are available as, as, sing, as iPhone apps. But we're focusing right now on the podcast, mm. and the podcasts actually help us market our names. So, so yeah, please do, please do, man. Um, I think you're going to find that what happened is that that by giving our books away for free in audio, people wanted to um, you know introduce others to what we did, and also they were saying. You know what? Um, we really like what these people are doing. We want to sup- we want to support the authors, yeah. and that was what was happening. Now, as far as Pip, and I'm going to turn it over to Pip. Pip, talk about how you used uh, social media last year, podcasting, blogging, etc., with the release of Digital Magic. Well, we did the, we did the whole double trouble thing and um, managed to get all four of our books into the top twenty um, fantasy charts um, on Amazon, and I think that. I reckon that helped the uh, the ace book people to to sit up and take notice. And Adam, I know you. Um, I mean, you've you've met Pip and you've met me. Um, how 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 did podcasting, you know, bring to attention, you know, people like Pip and myself and Chris Lester, et cetera? Um, well, actually, it's kind of because of because of podcasting that I've uh, I discovered Dragon Con. I discovered your your you guys' books. Um, which I've loved every single one of them so far. Uh, and just, I don't know if I would have actually heard of you guys outside of the podcast sphere and, well, maybe Twitter, but other than that, it's still, I, the only way I've heard of you guys is from social media. And um, and uh, and one more note is that on Podio uh, Book Chat, the, the guy you see up there, uh, yeah, um, Podio Book Chat is, uh, is one of, of several... Um, podcasts that are out there specifically about patio books, mm-hmm. and yeah, I believe another one is Patio Racket. Ronda Carter's Racket, Racket, Racket just started, mm-hmm. and we've all been in, on there already. I think. Not me. You haven't not been yet. on there yet, but I'm, I'm slated for I'm oh, slated cool. for July. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's called Patio Media Chat. Yeah, it's Patio Media Chat, and um, 
Uh, that's that's hosted by Chris Moody. So you know, uh, let's see. What about spoken? Oh, John's just full oh, of the questions. Yeah, this... What about? Okay, let's let's start with this. The is a great yeah. This yeah, is a great yeah. question for this crowd too. Pep, are you ready? Uh, but but bef- before I get there, there was another way because um, the original question came on the heels we were talking about our writing being controversial and sexually oh, right, explicit, right, right. and. Um, in case that was the original intent of the question about compromising for money, no, um, there's a, actually a remarkable freedom in science fiction and fantasy to go to places you can't go in a lot of other genres, both in terms of ideas and in terms of how explicit you write. It just affects the way your marketing strategy works. Now, Pip, here's the question. What about spoken word versus the theater of the mind that comes with actually reading on the page? Well, I think that's a bit like, um, you know, when Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings, the movie. You know, you you keep them separate. I I like listening to people read their own stuff because I think that authors uh, particularly know what they're talking about, about their own work. Um, Theatre of the mind. Yeah, I I still like reading a book, but I I like the portability of of the audio production. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all of us here, I, in fact, of all of us here, I'm the only one who hasn't done a straight read audiobook. We've all done full cast um, or close to full cast with music and sound effects and uh, theater of the mind in the radio drama sense productions um, mm-hmm. of our books as well. And um, which is, it is, does remove a certain amount of editorial control from the reader's mind. But on the other hand, for readers or listeners that like that, it helps flesh out the environment orally to make up for what you're missing when you have the uh, when you just have you and the page and you can shut yourself off from the world. The uh, and you you back up that John with so you've got a recording strategy. Uh, ironically, uh, I think I think with uh, with 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 podcasts, the at least with with the way I approach a podcast novel is my strategy is is that. Um, I will, I will accentuate the uh, the the narrative when I feel it's it, when it feels right. But am I you know do I have it like yes I want a special effect here do I want an effect here do I want an effect here nine times out of ten no I'm usually flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, yeah, that, it's much more like playing jazz. I do that. Yeah, my, the, that's, a, I, that's I, great. I, I play. I, jazz, I plan yeah. the music a little more carefully mm-hmm. because I work with a composer who composes original scores for my work, but. When it comes to the sound effects, I'll go through and I'll mark up the mark up the script of all the places I might put it. But as we go along, it, it's very much like playing jazz. You find you don't need anything here where you thought you would, um, and you need a little extra something here to break the narrative and give a sense of time passing. I, I, and I would also say that with uh, with Billy Battings, uh, when I when I started that podcast. Uh, the original intent was I was going to do the podcast and um, maybe have a guest voice here or there. And I started to get into that because it was just plain fun. And also, it's <laughs> there was something that was just in, that was really fun because uh, I was able to take in one particular scene, I was able to take sorcery and put that head to head, special effects wise, you know, sound effects wise, <laughs> yes. dark magic. With a Tommy gun. And that you know, was man, cool. I had a freaking blast putting together 
Foley. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing. Uh, yes, I have a Tommy gun at home. Um, no, I'm, no. The, the, other thing, the other thing that 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 we have access to, John, is uh, very affordable sound effects. Uh, sometimes I would have to use. I would have to do my own foley. Yeah, and uh, Kit, Kitty and I are both foley artists for and have been for years. So, um, but um, but the. Uh, but that's that that was the thing was that we were we were bringing and the other and while 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 um a bunch of celery no no not necessarily John um, that, oh that can be very useful though. that can be very useful but uh but with um but while while Dan has original music I uh Pip and I are using uh, something called Digital Juice uh, which we like to also nickname the podcasters crack great because, stock tunes yeah it's great it's great customizable stock music. And because right, they come with, with they they come stacked. track separate stack tracks yeah yeah, yeah. and um, and um, basically that's what that's what uh, what we did was we took it to a to a different to a different level um, and I know that sounds kind of trite but it's true we we basically were taking storytelling to it to a different level um, and we weren't necessarily trying to substitute the theater mind we were just trying to help you get into our minds so you get an idea of what we heard and we felt. Uh, when we wrote specific scenes, and I know that right now, like like for example, Pip's strategy with uh, with her current title, Weather Child, is economy. Pip, when you uh, put together Weather Child, how do you decide what's going on? How do I decide what's going on? I read the page. <laughs> Thanks for that, that that great insight yeah. there, Pip. <laughs> You mean but, like, you know, mood and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. When do you decide to to use music and when do you decide to use sound effects and things like that? Um, I, I like to use music around um, the important uh, pieces. It's, it's like a, an underlining or italicizing a bit and saying, this is important. Yeah. Here in lies something of interest. Um, it's also great. I mean, when you're doing action scenes. You know, yeah, it's very useful music. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the other thing too is we use we use the special effects to also, uh, in some cases, set the scene. Uh, whether it's um, you know ambiance like, for a bar scene, like I used a lot of bar ambiance in yeah, the predestination. So did I. I used that. I I also uh, uh, from a review remastered uh, one one uh, one particular long chapter uh, <laughs> was um, uh, it also works for great cliffhangers too because yeah. there was a. Uh, um, there was a scene where I opened and closed with the sounds of cannons fire, cannon fire. Yeah, that was a good one. And um, and you know, and then you know, I I used that to bring everybody back into the action. So yeah, you're right. It is a bit of fore- like you said, John. It is a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, and there, um, you remember the episode in Predestination that opens on the docks. Yeah, loading yeah, docks. Yeah. Brand, um, episode fourteen of my uh, of my science fiction novel Predestination opens on loading docks on the moon. Which is a, a, an environment we haven't been to before, and turns out to be quite uh, introducing an, a character who's quite important for the story. So I spent actually a full first ten twenty seconds just in the in the aural texture of the loading dock before the narration starts, and um, you did. Uh, I went a little nuts having forklifts drive through and hearing just what that environment feels like because the sense of place is very important to the character was. And um, uh, question for Adam: uh, you, you actually have, you actually have our books, uh, or other pips of my books in print. And this is something I've always been curious about with people who actually hear the podcast. Um, do you, when you read our books, do you hear your voice in the narrative, or are you hearing? Pip's voice, my voice, and even maybe the guest voices that we've inc- that we've incorporated. Um, actually, 
actually I can't help but hear you guys' voice. Anytime I anytime I listen to any audiobook, if I if I ever hear the author read it once any from then on, any book I read by them, their voice is kinda of just stuck in my head. Yeah, I had the same same experience reading uh Billy too. I was hearing I was hearing you read the whole thing. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a little insight. Not only were, were you know, See, on I, the plus side, that means you don't need to podcast it because they're already. There here. you go. <laughs> I, I'm I'm off the hook. I'm off there the hook. There you go. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the 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 guy that I that just saying. Well, you obviously know that in and as many people have probably figured out in the potosphere that um, one of the characters in. Uh, in Billy is a uh, is a Kiwi, so obviously I, I had Pip's voice right in my head. But the uh, the friendly the friendly cop the the cop that was Billy's friend in in in, uh-huh. uh, in Pitcher's Pendant that was actually uh, a guy another podcaster by the name of um, uh, Craig Step. He's the si- he's know. a sidekick for uh, Technorama, mm. and he's this this the, he's got this great South Carolina accent, and he's oh, just very nice. soft spoken, and he has a pretty accent. It's a pretty accent, and you know, and he's just and he's and he's a great guy with a very wry sense of humor, and uh, and uh, you know, and I thought it was only fair because in the first book, Chuck Tomasi, also from Technorama, was the voice of uh, Doctor Samuel Hamill. And I said, "Well, I got to be fair." That, that was oh, okay. That was Chuck Tomasi because I I haven't listened to Technorama, but I he was one of those voices I would hear in the opening voice credits, yeah. and then go, "Who the fuck is he playing?" Yeah, well, the the direction I get because <laughs> he because he he put on here's a, very here's a good peek behind the curtain, voice. John. Here's a peek behind the curtain on how we do things. When when Chuck, Chuck had never done voice acting before, he had done mm. he had done spoofs, you know, little little sketches, but he never done serious voice acting. I said, okay, look, in the first half of the scene, I want you to play it very basil faulty, very easily unhinged, very much on edge. But in this particular scene, think Christopher Lee, nice, and he brought it. He, he nailed brought it. it. That was. Um, the coolest one, though, and this is uh, I, 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 John. I don't know if you're familiar with the author's um, uh, Tracy Hickman, who, uh, who who's written uh, 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 outside, uh, next to Margaret Weiss and Laura Hickman. But Tracy is uh, is really big in the Wizard of the Coast uh, line. The Dragon. He started yeah. the Dragonland series, and then there's um, yeah, voice acting. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it, it's much true. So. Voice acting, anticipation versus excitement is very true. Um, there's um, and, and there's another uh, terrific science fiction author named Paul Levinson. There was a very surreal moment I had when in this one chapter I was mixing Tracy Hickman and Paul Levinson and myself. You know, just a who's who. And I'm I'm like, this is really cool. I got I got two <laughs> New York Times bestsellers and they're giving me their voices for my uh, podcast. Well, and now and now that Sigler's hit the bestseller, you've had no, what, that, three Yeah, I've had Sigler in there as well. Um it was sci-fi or fantasy? Uh, Bill of Batting. Now, you talk, if you're talking about the authors, uh, Paul Levinson is uh, sci-fi. Tracy Hickman is fantasy. And as far as uh, as what what I dun dun dun, <laughs> what I do is I, I tend to lean towards fantasy. Uh, but I do have some sci-fi. I do have a sci-fi short story that I podcast. Um, and I recently just did a sci-fi story for uh, for Pip Valentine. Granted, it was for a erotica a la carte. So if you're uh, if you if you like your 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 sci-fi saucy, uh, take a look at uh, erotica a la carte dot com. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Pip has written science fiction for there. I guess mine was technically fantasy. I think that's the first fantasy. Story. Yours would be more paranormal. I thought. Really? Yeah, yours would be more paranormal. Um, that's still actually, a subgenre and, of fantasy. And Pip is uh, Pip is actually up for a parsec. Award. Oh, for measureless to man. Measureless that to was, man. Oh, one. <laughs> Really nice. One really of nice the most, still one of the most. I like my beautiful. life. Beautiful. <laughs> 
beautiful ah. story. Oh, touche, John. I like I like my life a la Carter. Very, very ah, nice. <laughs> Swish, nothing but net, bro. Nothing but net. Nicely done. Um, now Adam Tease also comments the fact that they are amazing people and so accessible really draws me to them as well. Uh, there's no way for the access. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's the thing. I mean, yeah, that, that that's important to read into the record because this is going to generate a hell of a discussion. Yeah, there there's no way that uh, that big names. I'm assuming that's what they are, Adam. Uh, there's no way they can stay that accessible with millions and millions of fans. You know, it's it's hard to say because while we do have a lot of listeners, we have a few thousand listeners between us. Maybe we have a few tens of thousands of listeners between all of us put together. The thing that I've noticed about um, about the podcast community is that not everybody speaks up. Right. Some people are very happy being in the background, but when they do speak up, and again, I'm going to turn it over to Pip for this one. Uh, when they do speak up, it's 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 very humbling. Um, Pip, what happened at conscription? Oh, we're cutting in and out. Shit. Okay. Well, we we used up our bandwidth. (laughs) No, no, we haven't used up our bandwidth. Speak up when you can again, and we'll shut up. Yeah. Mystery versus mystery malfunction equals fame. But is that what they're looking for? Is that is that what we're looking for? Well, we're 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 building careers here, and uh, you're back. Take 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 it. Quick. I don't know. Am I still on? Yeah. Yeah. You're still Um, on. So what I was going to say was, was uh, we, we were going to talk a little bit about the... Shut up, Iris! What was going to say? We were talking about fans, and I segued with Pip. So, Pip, tell us about what happened at Conscription. Go. I was just doing that. I'm being quiet, Pip. Go, damn it, Pip! <laughs> Too much cutting out. Okay. All right. Well, um, but anyway, I'm thinking about this recently as my numbers have started to head north of 1,500. Um... And my feedback has been rolling in more and more. It's just even even at this level, there's this 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 point of diminishing time that you can spend with any one fan who who likes your work, and it doesn't take away from how excellent it is to get the feedback. But um, there's a certain economics of scale that I I'm really not sure how um, you know how to figure out how to negotiate as it as it ramps up. But uh, I like the accessibility even if i wind up having to be very accessible for very defined windows of time you know or something like that i mean really what what i what i think our our priority is uh as 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 podcast in podcasting our work is is like you said it's it's getting it's getting our names out there getting our uh our 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 message out there mm-hmm. building our brand building yeah. our audience yeah that's what the ultimate goal is i mean do i do i think we're going to quit our day jobs or um, unless we're supremely lucky, <laughs> not unless we're extremely lucky. And, and I, but I will say that, that, you know, going back to Scott Sigler, um, I would say I would use Scott as exactly what I would do. Yeah. E- even if, you know, even if I am fortunate enough to get the big contract, I would be the first one to say in my contract, I want to have the right to, to continue to podcasting, continue podcasting because it got your attention. It's going to continue to get people's attention. Let me keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Trust me. It's going to work. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I think with all the years that that I've been doing this, it's 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 worked really well. A cosmic spot in time and space, or future alliteration in the new media. That's a rather can, can you can it's kind of glib. Can you yeah, elucidate can, a bit? Yeah. What what exactly do you mean by that question, John? We can we can still pontificate here, but um, you know, uh, do I, well, well, I mean, if the question is, do I think? That social media, or blogging, podcast, well, 
well, when I say social media, I mean blogging, blogging podcasting, podcasting Twitter, the, the, yeah. the, the, the big ones. Um, do I think that's helping, uh, that, that's helping change how we look at, at, uh, at, at literature? I don't think it does. I think what it is doing is it, it's helping, it's helping authors become a little more accessible. Mm-hmm. And it shows people that it, that we're not like somewhere in a cabin, right. you know, with well, ascots and pipes, basically. Coming that's up with interesting, this stuff. but but it does actually it changes the economics of the writing game, um, towards those who are more um, who are more interested in the in the high touch interaction with um, their readers and their audience, and away from the writers who personality wise are more more apt to want to sit alone in their cabin sure. and um and deal with the world at a distance so in that way it, it may change it may change literature by changing the kinds of personalities that are that are best suited to the market and here's so john john's clarified a little bit are you looking for a solid spot in existence or to proceed in everything that might come that's the, man the, yeah that's a good one dude change your name to yoda wow yeah. that's just wow I mean, yeah and my, and my my answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> yes on both i mean yeah. I, I would say you know i would be the first one to say if if right now at you know at, at, at half past midnight if uh if if somebody came up to uh to to the door and and offered dan myself and and uh, and and the sleeping Ethereus over there, um, you know, publishing contracts. <laughs> yeah, we'd leap at them. We would oh, leap yeah. at them, and we would still be writing books. But we are also, it's kind of nice being out in this. Uh, no, 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 you're no, not no, getting no, to me. We, we live for stuff like oh, this, yeah. John. We live jo for, jo for John. I do a podcast called the Polyschismatic Reprobates Hour, Jeez. where it's this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Reprobateshour.com. It's all very heady stuff. And it's San Francisco. Don't ever apologize about the meat. <laughs> <Yes>. Anyway, so <laughs> no, seriously, though, what I was going to say was that um, uh, being out front like this <laughs> and apologia, apologia, which is even go. even even headier than yeah. than reprobates are apologia dash podcast.net. Right. And the, the, the thing about the, the thing about the what we do is we're I, I don't really think that what we're looking at. You know, we don't look at ourselves as trendsetters. I don't think we look at ourselves as being. That, it would be nice, but it would be cool. The, but the, the the odds against that kind of luck are so long. Would wouldn't it be great to be looked through the eyelid to find an alien at your door? Oh hell oh, yeah. yeah! Oh hell yeah! But, Just so I could say to George Robb, "Fuck <laughs> you, you're wrong." Um, but uh, yeah, but as far as the 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 solid spot in the universe versus adapting to what might come. There's definitely a little of both. I love telling stories, and I particularly love telling stories that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you looked through the eyelid to find an alien drawer and you have a sci-fi writer passed out on your couch? Okay, right. <laughs> even better. <laughs> but I particularly like telling stories that turn someone's world inside out and make them look at look at something from a fresh perspective. Oh, sure. It's my favorite books growing up, and even still, are the ones that that make me step back out of myself and, and look at things from a new angle. And you can tell that kind of story in any kind of medium, but you do have to have a medium to tell the story in. And so in that sense, I'll adapt to whatever medium is best suited for the stories and for finding the audience as I can. On the other hand, I love the written and the spoken word in a very special way. And so I'm hoping that 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 continues to be there continues to be a viable market in that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't think that we're, um, like I said, I think what we're trying to do is we're just trying to, we're trying to keep. Um, I, I don't think we're trying to keep anything, you know, relevant. But I think that that with the way, 
literature adapts so easily yeah. to social media, I think social media is helping to keep writing relevant, to keep the creative so. process relevant. There, there's a certain um, amount of going back to, to the Bardic era, too, with social media bringing the spoken word back in in a way that it wasn't, that it hasn't been for the last couple hundred years. And yeah, I, I think you're right. That's what we are doing. You know, writing and creating is about pressing a viewer or reader, as you say, towards a fresh perspective. I mean, look at the way Joss Whedon handled Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the way <laughs> Look, Which is frivolous creativity, but it was nicely but, but creative. It's, but yeah. it still worked for Whedon. It mm -hmm. worked very well for Whedon. Um, you know the the different things that Scott has done with uh, with, with Crown Publishing, um, and the amount of authors that are now stepping forward and getting and landing book contracts. You know, I mean, I th I think that really with uh, with all of these different options that we have at our at our at our at our at our fingertips, we need to take advantage of these uh, as writers. We yeah, need to take advantage of them. And, and you and me and Pip, who is I guess Pip is uh, taking off go. for dinner. Yeah, Pip had to go. But all of us that have been through 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 the chat tonight, we're all very much um, long tail era artists. I don't know. Did you read the long tail? No, I don't. Um, I can't remember the author. Uh, guy who uh, edit the editor of Wired magazine. Okay. talks about the um, the shift that the internet is bringing to commerce where instead of selling lots and lots of one thing you sell less and less of many many different things and specializing things for niches because there's that level of competition out there and we've come of age as professionals in the long tail economy and so we tend to think of oh there's that going on over there is there anything i can do that'll fit in that right. part of the long tail right. and what can i do that'll fit in this part of the long tail and spreading wide rather than necessarily sinking deep right um not in terms of substance of our work but in terms of where we put the commercial roots down yeah um well, you know, I um, looking at the uh, looking at the time we've got. We're coming up on the fourth hour. I yeah. really think we need to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, we probably do. I mean, Adam's yeah, been still, hanging in there. He's been great. Thank you, Adam, for yeah. sticking around with us. We, we we've still got it. some. We've still got some cigars to smoke before you take Oh, jeez, <laughs> man. Oi, vey. Yeah, the cigars. I almost forgot that. Um, so, Adam, if you're still there, are you still there, Adam? I think you fell asleep. I think you fell asleep. Yep. Oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, Adam, thank yep. you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah. This is great. My pleasure. You've been able to take my mind off a lot of stuff. Okay, great. That's what we're here for. You guys, take you take it easy, Adam. All right. And thanks. Yep, you too. Thanks for dropping by, John, and for the excellent questions. Yeah, John, you were ab. Yeah, thank. You know, you joined us late, but don't worry. If you go to, uh, well, this will probably show up as a full reprobates hour episode. Okay. This last bit with John here because it's been an hour by itself. Yeah, and you'll you'll also probably hear some other stuff just from. Uh, You'll, you'll hear some stuff on <laughs> tmorris.com because I syndicate my, uh, my, my, um, my interviews on there. So you'll have different places to find us, John. But, you know, um, again, jdsawyer.net, uh, metamorecity.com, chasingthebard.com, eroticalacarte.com, tmorris.com. <laughs> Holy crap, we got a lot of websites to pimp here. Ding, oh, ding, yeah. ding, ding, no ding. No kidding. Uh, a full reprobate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and Mike Rock, thank you very much for joining. Uh, take it easy, all right? Thank um, you, everyone, for showing up. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you later.